Shalom. I'm Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries, and with me is Robert Walter, who is our co-host and serves in our Brooklyn work in New York City. Welcome, Bobby. Glad to have you with us. Thank you so much, Mitch, uh, and Shalom, Shalom. Welcome to the program, everyone. Uh, well, everyone seems to be curious about the end times, Mitch, uh, and really what the end times, what those days hold for believers and non-believers alike. And today on The Chosen People, we are going to be talking about this very issue. I can't wait, Bobby. I know one day we'll know, we'll know the truth about the future, but right now, we're just going to look forward to it and talk about it. Well, we, we have a lot to talk about, Bobby, and the Bible has a lot to say about the future, both for us personally, for the nation of Israel, for the Jewish people, and for the world uh, as we know it. The uh, prophets and Jesus the Messiah himself was not shy about talking about the future. Uh, But I think before we get to all this, I think it's Mm -hmm. important for our listeners to understand who the prophets were and what the prophets' role was in the nation of Israel. So can you maybe share a little bit of this background with us? Yeah, sure, Mitch. I'd love to. Um, Obviously, the prophets play a major role in Israel's history. Uh, We see a number of different prophets, uh, and uh, quite a few of them who actually their prophecies are written down and are God-breathed and authoritative and inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, But when we look at the prophets and what their function was in Israel, oftentimes God would send the prophets to uh, the nation uh, of Israel or just uh, certain tribes like Judah and Jerusalem in the south or to individuals, to individual kings or individual uh, people. Right. And these prophets would be sent by God with the specific purpose of calling the nation or the individual or the king or whoever it was to repentance. Because uh, usually the prophets are sent to address sin, sinful behavior, behavior that has uh, 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 detracted the nation from uh, her calling. If I, might, if I might interject just for a moment, I, I, you're so right. And if you remember, uh, Jesus called John the Baptist the greatest of all prophets, and he didn't really predict the future. What he did right. is he preached about sin and repentance uh, in the court. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He, he, uh, I mean, that's a perfect example because uh, John was, again, filled with the Spirit and didn't come necessarily proclaiming a message of what's going to take place in the future. I mean, if anything, uh, the one thing that he was focusing on in the future was the, co- the soon coming, the soon arrival of the Messiah himself. But for the most part, we see him addressing sin, whether it's uh, hypocrisy among Israel's leadership or whether it's sinful behavior of, uh, of Herod. Uh, so we, we see this happen throughout the prophets in the Old Testament and in the New Testament as well. So I think it's really important for us when we think about prophecy, when we think about what is still yet to come, we need to understand that it's not just trying to understand and know what's going to happen in the future. You know, I, I, there's this wonderful quote, wonderful statement uh, that I, I read somewhere. Um, I, w- I wish I could remember, but it's the primary purpose of prophecy is not to know what will happen in the future, but instead to know how we are to live now in light of what is still yet to come. And right. I think 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3 uh, encapsulate that 
that message for us, that truth for us. It says this, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it is not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Absolutely. You know, Bobby, Jesus may have called John the greatest prophet, but I think based on Deuteronomy 18, which was a really a prediction of who the great prophet would be that would be like Moses and would right. call the nations of the world, the Jewish people and the nations, into obedience, I think there's no doubt that that prophet is Jesus himself. And Jesus spoke a lot about the future. And honestly, uh, Jesus did speak about the coming kingdom and, of course, the Old Testament from Jeremiah to Isaiah to Ezekiel to the Minor Prophets. I mean, it's filled with prophecies about the establishment of the Messianic kingdom with the capital in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. The Jewish people will be regathered. Uh, the church, which had been raised up into heaven for a little while, will come back with Jesus and will uh, re- rule and reign with Jesus physically, a literal kingdom with the capital in Jerusalem. Right. And so this is all pretty good news. And that's what the message of the kingdom is, is all about. But underlying all this as well, Bobby, and I think we have to just come to grips with this, it's not popular today, was the theme of judgment. Mm. God judge, God's going to judge the world. He judged right. the world with a flood. He's going to judge the world with fire. And when we think about the future, it's popular these days to avoid the topic of judgment. Mm-hmm. And judgment comes twofold, really. Judgment comes with the return of Jesus and his enemies and those who don't follow him will be judged. They will not participate with this great messianic kingdom. And also, there's a personal element to judgment. Those of us who have been forgiven of our sins will rule and reign with Christ. Those of us who have not accepted Jesus as our Messiah will be judged for our sins, and deservedly so. And and all of us deserve judgment. But the difference between those who will rule and reign in the kingdom and those who will not is that we've accepted Jesus as our Messiah and we've had our sins cleansed by his shed atoning blood. And uh, if we have a moment, I'd, I'd like to share just one of my favorite predictions of Jesus. It's a, there's actually quite a few of them, mm-hmm. but in this passage, called the Olivet Discourse, which you find in Matthew 24, Luke Mm -hmm. chapter 21, and Mark chapter 13. Jesus, the prophet, like like the former prophets, Isaiah and Mm -hmm. Jeremiah and Ezekiel, is very upfront about what's awaiting the world and very forthright about judgment. The disciples asked this question in Matthew 24, verse 3. Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And then beginning in Matthew chapter 24, verse 4, Jesus begins to list signs of the times that we must recognize to know that the Lord is near. 
So see to it, no one misleads you. Many will come saying, I am the Christ. So there will be false messiahs uh, who will be coming. Wars and rumors of wars. And in a sense, these are birth pangs. In other words, they begin to intensify. There are more of them, and they're more virulent as time goes by. We've always had wars and rumors of wars, but this is going to be more wars and rumors of, of wars. And see that you're not frightened, for these things must take place, but that's not even the end. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, earthquakes, but all these things are just the beginning of birth pangs. So you see there will be an intensification of these natural and supernatural signs on heaven and, in, and on the earth that are going to alert us to the fact that the Messiah is coming soon. Verse 9, he says the disciples will be delivered to tribulation. They'll kill you. You'll be hated for uh, my namesake. We believe that there's going to be seven years of incredible tribulation called the Great Tribulation, Jeremiah chapter 30, uh, the time of Jacob's trouble. And that will be a time of purification and judgment by God upon the earth, uh, mm -hmm. making the path ready for the coming of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. He says, at that time, many will fall away, betray one another. False prophets will arise. Lawlessness will increase. People's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. Mm -hmm. And here's the key in verse 14. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world, as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. So we understand the signs of the times. They will intensify. They will get worse. There is a kingdom coming. It will be a literal fulfillment of the Davidic covenant. Right. But these signs of the times will be intensifying as we get closer to the second coming of Jesus, when he will rule and reign as king with his people, wipe every tear from our eyes, and fulfill all that was promised by the Old Testament prophets. And he will fulfill what even he said about himself, that he will be reigning on his father David's throne. And so there is judgment, there is blessing, that's both nationally and personally that's going to happen. And the important point, as you brought up, Bobby, so well, is that knowing these things, knowing what's coming, how then should we live? How should we treat other people? And I would say even, how should we treat the nation of Israel and Jewish mm. people? Because the gospels to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, and Israel plays such a critical and key role in the future. In 1894, Rabbi Leopold Cohn founded Chosen People Ministries in Brooklyn, New York. And today, we stand as a credible, well-established mission that combines Jesus' biblical imperative to go and make disciples with the call to evangelize to the Jewish people first. We accomplish this mission with innovative and forward-thinking creativity. And if you'd like to partner with us this year, go to chosenpeople.com offer, and then click on the Give Today button. You can also give a gift through the mail or over the phone. Find all the details at chosenpeople.com offer. 
Your gifts help us continue to proclaim the good news that Messiah has come to Jewish people around the world. And for that, we thank you for your partnership. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. I'm Robert Walter, and I'm here with Dr. Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries. And now we're going to be sharing with you a very special testimony of a dear brother, Jeff Morgan. So I was born into a secular Jewish home. We celebrated uh, Passover, uh, Sukkot, Hanukkah, and I remember going to synagogue a lot. The prayers were done in Hebrew. Uh, we didn't really understand what we were saying. And we would be like, this is what we do as Jewish people, but what are we actually saying? I remember, you know, being in, in temple and just sitting there listening to, to the rabbi and just looking up at the stained glass windows and I didn't feel God in the congregation. I felt him personally. And so growing up in a Jewish family, there's a lot of pressure on success, achievement, good grades, good school, good job. And so as I left for high school and I left for college, you know, I had to pick a major and I went to a school for business, although all I really wanted to do was sing, dance, and do sports. But I feel that this is what I have to do. And it, and it really tore me up. I'm not succeeding here. I'm not doing well. Not only did I feel like I was disappointing my parents, I was disappointing myself. I've had it. I'm out of here. And I left college. So that whole experience over those years of trying and effort and failing just primed me for a headfirst dive into New Age spirituality. So here I am meditating, finding the silence and the peace and emptying my mind. And the problem with that is that in an empty space, something's going to come in. I would start to feel this, this oppression, um, this sense of, of odd control nudging me into certain directions. Go here, go there, pick that up, turn around and walk back. And I felt like if I didn't do what that that, that presence or that voice was telling me to do, that something bad would happen to me. I even had an outer body experience once where here I am laying on my bed and all of a sudden I come up out of my body, I turn over and I'm looking down upon myself and I float away and I come back and I come back into my body. Something was going on. What I didn't know was what side it was on. Was it from the light or from the dark? And come to find out that sure enough, it was from the dark. I was doing everything I can to, to put on a happy face and not let anybody know what was happening inside of me, but, but people knew. So my wife started noticing that I was going into depression. I remember one day lying on the floor in my wife's arms, just bawling my eyes out. And I'm crying and I'm looking up at her and I'm saying, I, I'm sorry, I have no idea what I'm doing. I've spent 20 years in an effort to become more spiritual, successful, enlightened, and I have nothing to show for it. I'm empty. And to be honest, I really didn't have much strength or effort to live anymore. But I looked at my beautiful wife, and I looked at my beautiful children, and I said, that, wow, there's no way I could take myself out of this world, even though I have no desire to live. I'm tired of pretending like I'm some sort of advanced spiritual being when deep down inside I knew that I was broken. And I thought, what's wrong with me? I've dedicated the last 10 years, 12 years, 15 years 
to meditation and spiritual practice, positive affirmations, and I have nothing to show for it. So here I am, I'm going to the gym, and this really tall guy comes up to me. And he looks at me and he says, you know, I've been, I've been watching you and you know, we're about the same age and um, I just wanna know, what do you eat? And I said, okay, well, you know, you don't really wanna know what I eat. And he's like, what, what, burgers and pizza and whatever you want? And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm like, well, I, I eat a, a plant-based diet. So the next day I come in and I, I look at this guy and he's over at the other side of the gym and I'm like, you know, I kind of feel drawn to this guy. I want to go ask him a question. So I walk over and ask him. I said, hey, what do you do, by the way? And he goes, I'm a pastor. And, and for some reason, that, that sparked something in me. And so I started asking him, asking him these questions, and he'd give me these really concise answers. And then I'd go home, and I'd say, you know, honey, I had this interesting experience at the gym, and, 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 we, and we talked a little bit about, about about Christianity. We talked a little bit about, you know, him being a pastor and what he does. So one of the biggest things that my wife was having trouble with was how can she be Jewish and believe in Jesus? Because everything that she'd heard up at that time was, Jesus is not for the Jews. And so she was wrestling with that and she came upon videos from One for Israel, videos, testimony videos of Jewish people coming to faith in Jesus. And my son would come home, he's like, yeah, I just had these great experiences about, about learning about Jesus. And we were like, something's going on here. And so I went back to the gym and I saw this other guy on the other side of the gym. I was like, he has something in him that I want. He looks happy. He, there's a spark in him. So I went over and I introduced myself and he goes, can I pray for you? And I said, okay, why not? And at the end of the prayer, he says, in Jesus' name. Day after day, I kept coming back to the gym and I had this desire to look for this guy. And I would go up for him to specifically for prayer. And every day I said in Jesus' name, I started to feel like something was happening. And what I realized over time was that peace, it wasn't the absence of something. It was the presence of something, or should I say, someone. When I heard the name Jesus, when I heard the name Yeshua, when I started to study and read about him, when my family went out into the world, had experiences that were related to Jesus and we came home, we felt life. For the first time we felt life. And it was at that moment that my wife and I, we got on our knees and we gave our lives to Jesus, Yeshua. And I knew that Jesus was the only one. The only one. And it was at that moment, this energy went through me that I'd never felt before. The depression, the anxiety, the fear, chronic issues that I'd been carrying with me my entire life, in one moment, were gone. So here I am now believing in Jesus and following Jesus and, you know, a new man. And I got to go face my parents again. <laughs> we go down and visit them and, and we just, you know, said, hey, you know, we, uh, we have found new life uh, in, in, in Jesus. And my mom, um, my mom was like, um, you know, that's, that's nice for you, but why can't you just be Jewish? <laughs> you know, why can't you just stay Jewish? And I'm like, mom. If you only knew that following Jesus was the most Jewish thing you could ever do.
Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. So Mitch, as we uh, sort of land the plane here, how close are we to the second coming of Jesus? So you want me to give a date, huh, Bobby? <laughs> if, if I'm wrong, do you realize how much trouble I'm in? Well, neither am I going to give a date. And of course, Jesus didn't give a date. The prophets didn't give a date. But there are signs of the times, as we mentioned, from Matthew 24. And also, if you want to look at Luke 21 and Mark 13, you'll see that these signs of the times are happening all around us. But I think you need to follow the bouncing ball if you want to know when Jesus is coming. Mm -hmm. And so the bouncing ball is Israel. And when you look at Israel, you see, number one, the Jewish people are back in the land in unbelief, according to Ezekiel 36. Mm -hmm. They're surrounded by enemies. And we understand from Zechariah 12 and, uh, and other passages in the Old Testament that this would be true. And so we also know that Jerusalem has been taken uh, by the Jewish people in 1967. And that's specifically mentioned in Zechariah 12.10, that the Spirit of God will fall upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And so how close are we to the second coming? Well, Bobby, I would say pretty close. The table is set. If you look at Israel, you see that all these signs have already come to pass. The Jewish people are back in their homeland. They're threatened by outsiders. Jerusalem's in Jewish hands. And now we're just waiting for the end. And that end will come when Israel turns and receives Jesus as their Messiah. And when the Jewish people return to Jesus, then Jesus returns. And so when is he coming back? Whenever the Jewish people turn to Jesus. So we have a job to do until then, don't we? We absolutely do. Living holy lives and proclaiming the gospel to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Interested in learning more about the Messianic Jewish faith or the Jewish roots of Christianity? Maybe you want to know how Jewish holidays point to the fulfillment of Jesus. Well then, be sure to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, Inside Israel. You'll receive weekly updates about our ministry, including videos, links to our podcast, a summary of the latest news coming out of Israel, a variety of downloadable resources, discounts in our online store, and so much more. Sign up today when you go online to chosenpeople.com offer. That's chosenpeople.com offer. Well, that's all the time that we have for today, and you've been listening to The Chosen People. If you'd like to learn more about this program, or if you're curious to discover the deep and rich Jewish history of your faith, then let me encourage you to stop by our website. You'll find a variety of resources available, and there's even a resource page for your home church. Just go to chosenpeople.com radio. And on top of that, if you would like to help us at Chosen People Ministries proclaim this gospel message to the Jewish people, then you can do that by giving a financial gift. You can either give online or you can mail in a financial gift to Chosen People Ministries at 241 East 51st Street in New York, New York, 10022. That's 241 East 51st Street in New York, New York, 10022. And now to close us with the ironic blessing, here's Dr. Mitch Glazer once again. Yidrech Adonai v'yishmarecha Ya'er Adonai panavalecha v'yikunecha
Ρέχα. Ισαντονάε Παναβελέχα. Βιασέμνεχα. Shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. The Chosen People is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries.